Contrast uncut, yeah you know that's us Where we only speak the real and the real rock with us Where we motivate the people and the politic on success Oh no we ain't DJ Kelly, but they swear we the best Contrast uncut What's happening? It's Contrast Uncut. It's season three, episode 33. Man, big shout outs to Uncle Snoop's Army and Bobby D Presents. I appreciate you, brothers. It's your host, Zylo, aka DJ Wine Dollars, like I won some money. Ladies and gentlemen, today we have a very, very dope special guest. You know, he's one of them true super producers, you know, hit makers in his blood. He don't let them fastballs go by without touching them. And, you know, he, he's in his, I mean, completely. He's some of my favorite songs over the past few years his brother has produced. I mean, right now he got everybody saying, smile, bitches, smile, bitches. And I mean, if you ain't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about Lil Duvall, smile. The other his DJ Luke Nasty on the way. Colonel Loud's uh, California. You know, that was, you know, a very loud, loud song. And, you know, the brother <laughs> hits continue and continue. And, you know, he's... A lot of people know his music, but haven't had a chance to know his name, his face. And today's that day where we start knocking on that wall and, and bringing it. I got Mr. Hanky, everybody. How you doing, brother? What's happening, man? Glad to be here, man. You know, ripping and running, making stuff happen out here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Should I can imagine what it's like for you on a daily. I know it's been busy as hell during the quarantine because everybody needs some beats. Man, it's crazy, but I'm talking about Everybody, they got new stuff coming out with Ludacris and Chris Brown, T.I. and Chris Brown, City Girls, uh, Jacquees, Tory Lanez, everybody. Whew. Hey, that's good. You know, back in the day, we had a moment where we wasn't having content come out like that. So now that we got all these, you know, big steppers in the way, making some real noise, it, you know, we can appreciate that. Gotta love it, man. Gotta love it. Business is good. <laughs> hey, hey. So, my yeah. brother, I got a quote. You know, let me know how this quote relates to you, or if it doesn't, it's all good. The idea is I want you to talk about it. All right, cool. All right. Work harder than anybody you've ever seen. That's what I believe. Meek Mill. Uh, what that quote means to me is, it, it reminds me of another quote, um, another saying a mantra that a lot of people use and I use as well um hard work beats talent when talent don't work you feel me that's real you know there's a lot of talented people out there but they just ain't outworking everybody you gotta outwork everybody it's it's not enough to just be dope it's enough dope people in the world um there's a million people who make probably way better beats than me and all that but they ain't go outwork me you feel me so that's what it comes down to, you know. It's, it's that mentality. You got to have it. That's the only way it works. You know, along with belief, you got to believe in relationships and building them and having longevity. And, you know, you can be a testimony from the beginning of this conversation that relationships is, you know, the plethora of, of business right now for you. Exactly. That's a, that's That'll hold you up, man. When everything else is messed up, those relationships will keep you going. Mm. So I got to ask you, I'm talking about music here. Did the game choose you or did you choose the game? The game definitely chose me. I thought, honestly, I thought I was going to be in the NBA. Um, this is like ninth grade or whatnot, you feel me? And uh, when I didn't get my shoe deal in the 10th grade, I figured I might as well go ahead and, you know, pursue other avenues that came way more naturally because my family, my mom and my sister, they all, you know, play piano and all this other stuff. So been around it from day one. Wow. So yeah. do you have like key competitions? <laughs> nah. nah, we don't do that, man. Now everybody do their own thing. You know, um, mom played the piano and the organ. My sister plays piano and clarinet and a lot of woodwind instruments. I play trumpet and piano, a lot of brass instruments and drums and stuff. So, you know, everybody kind of got their own little thing. I, also D I used to DJ as well, so. My star back DJing, so I got that lane. You know, it just we all we we got our own thing going. Mm, no, that's incredible. But now we're going back to the beginning. You know, what was your first big confirmation that music's what you're supposed to be doing with your life? Like, what was the moment that you know you got that call and you was like, you know what, fuck every thought I had of 
doing this, doing that. This is what I'm supposed to invest my time in. Man, it had to be like 2003, 2004. And I was in college. And um, I was playing in the band in college, the marching band and all that good stuff. Hey. And man, I, you know what I'm saying? I came, came play, shout out to Southern University, Human Jukebox. Number one band in the world, in the universe. You feel me? That's power. So, you feel me? So, I come back home. It's like on a Christmas break, and everybody that I grew up with is popping as a rapper, from Yin Yang Twins to Gucci Man to Baby. Like it's it's a lot of local rappers that's just popping. I'm like, dog, I know these people. <laughs> like I know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I know y'all first and last name. I know your brother, sister, the whole the whole thing. You feel me? So it was just that type of thing where like. And I was already making, you know, tracks with people while we was in the dorm room, you know, just vibing out and stuff, you know, just having little chill sessions, you know. And um, that's what it was. So I honestly didn't know you got paid for it till about 2004, 2005. I was just making beats for my homies. Wow. Yeah. And once that, once it started popping like that, people were like, I want to buy your beats. I was like, okay, cool. That was the easiest money I ever made. <laughs> sure, I could imagine once the publishing made sense and you know them checks start coming in quarterly, it was like, you know, this is a game changer. But you know, I didn't know nothing about none of that until the checks can't start coming in. You know, the checks come in about nine months after the, the stuff come out and everything. I'm just like, okay. I opened up the thing from BMI. I got a big stupid check. I'm just like, I called my lawyer. I'm like, this me? He's like, yeah. I'm like, the phone. He's like, have fun. Hung up the phone. Oh, shit. He was like, is this real? Do I owe somebody? Did you get paid? Did everybody else get paid? This is me? Yeah, because I was like, hey, man, uh, yeah, so I just got this check. Um, yeah, they say it got my name on it and everything, you know, uh, from BMI. And, uh, you know, did you get one? He's like, no, that's your check. Yeah, that's dope, bro. Yes, sir. That's that feeling. That's that feeling of shit. I'm not, I didn't expect to have this, and it was a lot more than what I thought it would be. Right. I need to do. I was doing. I was doing it for free. You know, just I was go do it anyway. You know, I just like to do it. So, you know, it didn't make me. It didn't matter to me. The fact you got paid for it just added to it. That's real. That's real passion. Yeah. Yeah. Shit, that's a crossover moment too, because that's that. You know. Yeah, I was. I didn't expect that. That's that. You know what? What the fuck am I thinking? That's real. There you go. <laughs> so, brother, you know what have been some of the challenges you face? You know, what's some of the highs and lows you've been through? Hmm, man. I don't even think. I don't even know if uh, Zoom got enough uh, time. They let you stay on there long enough for that. But um, <laughs> yeah. The, all I all I have to say is mainly, man. Um, you know the, the the usual stuff you hear about all the time. You know, people not paying on time, not trying to pay at all. Um, the labels with their stuff, you know, um, you know, labels they'll they want to hold the royalties and blame it on the artists and all this stuff. So you just got to sue everybody. I just I sue everybody. You know what I'm saying? It's just that simple. You know, and eventually, you know. You name the artist, the label, the management, everybody, the promotion team, sue everybody. And um, I ain't had no problems after that first and second time. You know, <laughs> after that first and second lawsuit, and they was like, niggas was like, yo, whatever he won't give to him, because we don't want that. <laughs> He'll have no problem suing nobody. What's some of the highs you, uh, you face? Um, I mean, the highs definitely outweigh the lows, man. So, I mean, as long as that continues to happen, I'm good. I Honestly, that's why I, I couldn't really even get into the lows because they be over so quick, you know what I'm saying, and the highs come and outweigh them. But um, just the vibes, man, like you just – you know, like when I did Lil Duval's record, that was a big moment because it was un unexpected, you feel me? Like when I met with him, we were just going to do an intro for another song for uh, this rapper out of Houston called uh, Zero. And the song was called All These Drugs. It was a Luther Vandross sample. And shout out to uh, Bebe out there in Dallas 
um, big radio DJ, Hollywood baby. And he was, he hooked the whole thing up, you know? And um, while we was in there, we was just chilling. And he was doing the smile bitch thing like he do on every Friday. I was like, bro, we need to make a song out of that. You feel me? It wasn't no living my best life or nothing that on that at first. So he literally went in the booth and did smile bitch five minutes straight. You feel me? Like, no verse, no singing, no nothing. Just smile, bitch, smile, bitch. Come on. Five minutes straight. So just to see where that record came from, it was just an idea. I thought we was going to do it. And, I, you know, it's going to be a little internet record, get a couple of followers for about two weeks or something, and it's going to fade off. Um, and then it be started to become a real record. It went from being a joke to a real record, you know what I'm saying? So we was like, let's send it to Snoop, see what happened. And Snoop filled in the the course and put a real like put a, a some bars on it, some legendary words on it. You know what I'm saying? Speak on. And then, yeah. Then after that, then came Duval. After we vibing in that, that's when he came up to living my best life part. And I was like, hold on, what's that? He's like, man, that just somebody. That's how I feel. I said, whatever that is. That's what we need. He like for real. Went in there, knocked it out like two minutes. And uh, while we was doing, while Duval was doing that, we hit a ball greasy. He dropped his verse literally in like five minutes and sent over the whole session. So that shit came easy. He said, "Oh, I got something for that." He said, "Oh no, y'all not leaving me out of this one. I know what this is." <laughs> I know what time it is. <laughs> I I know what that is. That's uh -huh. one of that's one of the ones. Okay, man. So that's one high. Let me get another high out you, because you know, do you get more of an enjoyment out of you know hearing your music in other cars and them not knowing you the one that that's involved in it, hearing it in clubs, hearing it in elevators and stores, you know. Um. It's it's a little bit of that, but um, more part. I mean, a lot of people, especially in Atlanta, they know. But I think the biggest crazy part about it is it, it all starts with like a crazy beat. You know what I'm saying? And you just be in a room, just like I this this same room like I am now, ain't nobody else around, and it starts there, and then you send it out to the world, and the more it it goes. You know, you send it to this artist, that artist, and then you put the best possible record together for it. And then it makes, it's crazy to see the final thing come together. And you be like, I remember when I started that. I was on the toilet and I was like, damn, that shit sound dope. You know, it's like, oh, I was, I was just sending my drawers in my room on my computer. And now the whole world rocking to it. That's a crazy feeling, you know, it, or it goes from an idea. Like when I did California, that was literally an idea I got um, going to this these older people's uh, cookout. You like they were sitting around, they were sitting around listening to Frankie Beverly Maine. Amazing, Wheel One came on, and I was just like, I was like, damn, bro, if you put some some crazy drums with it, you know, turn it up a little bit, make modern. Have somebody crazy singing on it, talking about some get a dope couple dope rappers on it. I was like, man, that'll be a number one hit in the country, and that's what it became. Facts, one hundred percent facts. You know, I've realized the common denominator for these hits is that you're real comfortable, and I always say comfortable makes confidence, and confidence makes greatness. And you know, you time you said it, you said you've been real comfortable. And you know, the confidence kicked out and you didn't even know it was gonna respond to your confidence like that. And it was greatness. There you go. There you so, go, man. You, like I like to say producers, you know, they take blank canvases and then they throw their paint on there, however they want, you know, whatever sounds they want. They leave just mm -hmm. enough room for some artists to come on there and put their instrument or their voice and breathe on it. And then there you, you get a masterpiece. But you know, the greatest thing about a producer is that if you take away that beat and you let that voice talk, you got a speech. You got some type of rhythmic speech, but it ain't no, it ain't gonna rock. People ain't gonna dance to that. But you take nah. away that speech and then vocals, you let that beat play, everybody gonna party, no matter what. So, you there know, you 
important I take the time to acknowledge and show show the love because every producer, especially hit makers like yourself, that you know need that attention because it's important. Without y'all, boy, we be lost. Hey man, I appreciate that, man, for real. Because you'll be surprised, man. I think one of the lows I can I bring it up now. It's like it's like the weirdest shit ever. Like um, you make a hit with whatever artist, whoever, not nobody in particular. And like they go on these interviews and uh, or the award show, and it's literally they'll thank their driver, the man who cut they they lawn, um, the babysitter, uh, a motherfucker they can't stand, and then they'll be like, they'll come while they walking off the stage, they'll be like, oh yeah, shout out to the producer, man, you killed that beat, man, man. If you're one of people, it's like, oh, you go to the they go to the Breakfast Club. Is you know, it's no love. It, it, and it's crazy. It's like the craziest part about it is you'll be dealing with artists that never had hits before at all. You feel me? So that'd be the most insulting part of it. You'd be like, you're like, I'm going to think twice after Nick. When he need another hit, I'm going to just let him. Since he did it all on his own, I'm going to let him do it on his own. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And that's why you see so many one-hit wonders out here. You know what I'm saying? You don't see real superstars having a lineage of hits or just success because, you know, like after a while, you just be like, oh, I'm cool. You know what I'm saying? And then I ain't get what I was supposed to get out of it. So cool. Man, that's what we talked about in the beginning, relationships. Because, you know, yeah. if, if the artist did care about it and have, you know, some type of genuine love towards, you know, the whole project being done in a certain way and, you know, without you, it's just, you know, that's 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 out of pocket. <laughs> hey, man, and that's one of the things about it, man. That's why I just throw my shades on, man. Keep it moving. Drop some old hits. And I see, I see, I see them when I see them. And they be like, dang, man, we need to get back in. I'm like, Go ahead, man. You you did everything last time. You it's you. It was you did everything. You know, I'm just happy you you put my name on the credits. Like, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so nah, it's cool, man. You know, um, it's really and, and the thing about it, it used to really bother me, but um, I get it now. Now that I'm a lot more seasoned and I've been around and I've done this, like. It's a it's a thing in society right now with uh, social media and everything. Everybody has a narcissistic type of you know gene inside of them. You know, you see it all the time. You know, as soon as an artist gets on, you know, boy, I got it out the mud. Boy, ain't nobody gave me nothing. Boy, and, you, and there'd be like eighty people behind them, like, really? You know, so <laughs> I get it. I'm not the only one that's that's seen it or experience that come on come on now nah, you talking about a moment that it's an elephant in the room for a lot of people All right you know it's important to talk about it and bring it out because you know elephant can be scared of a mouse because the mouse can say something there you go hmm. man but bruh no nah, that's real real deep i gotta ask you this would you rather break a record with a big artist or break a record with your own artist you know break a new artist uh, definitely break a new artist. Uh, once you, you know, don't get me wrong. Like I can get a, I can get a single with um, Future. Like I got a single coming out with City Girls, um, Ti, Luda, like a lot of big names. But you know, it kind of means a, it definitely means a lot more when you bring somebody out that nobody heard of before. Like when we did California, nobody heard of Cal, uh, Colonel Lyle before. He was a new face, new name. And he had this massive song. And Luke Nasty, he was just emerging. And nobody saw a little Duval coming out of nowhere with the actual real hit single. You feel me? So I would definitely prefer the second, you know, the latter. Um, you know, just breaking something, starting a whole new wave. Um, it just it's just one of those things, you know. Because prior to California, man, people really weren't sampling like that. No, they were close to it, you know. And then you yeah. have to admit, it's not easy to get Frankie Beverly in the maze to give up some rights, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. So legendary. They still getting out and getting it. That's what I'm saying. So, man, it was one of those things like, um, 
you know, it's a good thing when I hear everybody sampling now. And it's funny, a lot of people think, you know, they're like, okay, cool, yeah, it's easy to make a hit when you when you sampling the hit. I'm like, no, that ain't necessarily the case. It's still got to be relevant to now. So that's why you see a lot of, you know, a lot of producers, a lot of artists, they go after these big records. And I'm like, like, y'all really messed that up. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> it's it's the type of thing where, you know, it's still, you still got to put in the work. You still got to make sure it's a dope record, you know, and I think that's part of, that part is getting lost right now. Now, do you think that music is being sampled more because the Music Moderation Act and, you know, pretty much everyone's getting paid now for what's getting played on the radio and playlists and so on and so forth? Because back in the day, they wasn't getting paid like that from 2018 before. You know, now now all these OGs that should have these big records, you know, and they get serious spins on all these different platforms that play it, the oldies channels and whatnot. And, you know, that you think that has a correlation? And I know the Music Moderation um, Act definitely got producers paid more. Yeah, I think it was more of a thing, man. Like I said, when we did California, man, like, it wasn't too many people sampling at that time. And um, I didn't even know nothing about the act. I was just trying to make a dope record, to be honest. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't care nothing about none of that. If, we ain't get, if I ain't get 5% off the record, I ain't care. I was like, okay, cool, whatever. Um, but I knew it was going to help the artist. It was going to help him blow. And we could have made more records any time. You know what I'm saying? So the thing about it was, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, they passed this, you know, the act and all this other stuff. And then the stream started equaling this and then the third. And it just started to make sense for everybody. And um, at that point, you know, Frankie was cool with everything. And we came out with Luke Nasty, his two, three records. And then it was just like, boom. Because I remember when I did California, it was, I got so much hate because niggas was like, yo, you sample Frankie Beverly Mage, that ain't gonna happen. No, you ain't gonna get that clear. No, they no, that ain't happening, bro. Man, you tripping. You should have played it over. You should have did this. You should have did that. And I was just like, I don't give a fuck. Like, whatever. You know, cool. Um, and then once people was like, oh, they cleared it. And then we came back with the Luke Nasty, the uh escape with the Jones girls, who can I turn to? The Luke Nasty record. Then the on the way record. Then it was just, you just started seeing them come out left and right. <laughs> you know, and then honestly, um, the On The Way record was actually way bigger because people don't realize when we did the On The Way record, that inspired, a lot of people say they stole it from us, but I'll just use the term inspired. Um, when Meek and Chris did that, bird, that, that same record, with DJ Mustard, um, with the same with the same sample, and that's just how it goes. It's a sample, you know. It's, it, it is what it is. But on the way was just coming off the charts, number two in the nation on Billboard and everything. And so they played the you know we got bigger artists on the record type game. So you know, but I felt good because I know where they got it from. I know where they got the inspiration from. There you you know, and it's cool. Yeah, so it's just about how you look at things, too, man. I tell all the younger producers, younger artists, man, it's like, it ain't no way around feeling no kind of way. You feel me? Like, people borrow ideas. If it's a great idea, somebody's probably thinking about the same idea, too. You know what I'm saying? So if you think it's dope, just imagine how many other people that have been DJs before. They just, you know, if it's a dope record, somebody thinking about it, so. It is really about how you react to it. And that determines your success. Come on. We can both talk about how many times M2 Meat Juicy Fruit's been sampled. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, man. So, you know, Mr. Hanky, I got to ask you, brother, what would you be doing if you weren't into music, you weren't making music, you weren't producing? What would you be doing? Man, I'd probably be a teacher or some shit teaching somebody badass kids. Um, I probably never cut my hair off and probably been holding on to a bald spot in the back and married to some 
a marriage to somebody that I don't even fucking like for real. Like, it's just, I don't know. She would have been fucked up, like, really, like, really fucked up. So, I don't know. Hey, I love that answer because that's the most realest answer I've ever gotten. That's that, you know what? If I wasn't doing this, everything would be fucked off. What the fuck would I be doing? You know that's what? an amazing question. <laughs> that is an amazing question. No, that's real. I appreciate that. On that note, I'm going to go ahead and put a pause on the music. We're going to go to my awareness segment. And, you know, it's become a hot topic lately because, you know, everything going on in the world. And, you know, it's uh, pretty much I talk about police interaction. And you know, I'm talking about when the red and blue lights hit, that high beam hits, that blurt sound hits next, and we get pulled over. And I ask every guest of mine, athlete, actor, producer, anyone that comes on here, when was the last time they were pulled over? And, you know, what's some advice they can give in the situation? Because knowledge is power, but when you use that knowledge, it's a superpower. So awareness is key. There you go. So basically, the last time I got pulled over, I don't know, it's been a minute, man, but um, it was over some, I don't even remember what it was over. But it was cool to think about, um, to think about, I guess, here in Atlanta, we really didn't, we never really had that kind of problem a lot of times. I mean, we have had issues with the police just because, but not like a real glaring problem because it's a predominantly black city. Okay. So nine times out of 10, the police force, you know, it's probably somebody cousin you grew up with, or, you know, they just be real cool. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, like if, if you're in DeKalb County, which is like Decatur, you're going to have some problems with Cobb County, but that's why I stay mostly inside of the city of Atlanta to where, you know, you got to be doing a lot of craziness to get like messed up in Atlanta. I'm sorry. You just got to be, you got to like have a pound of weed, some some kidnapped children, um, a whole <laughs> chopper, you know, and, and blood dripping out your car for them to really, really mess with you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, um, but even then, you know, when I got pulled over, I just played it cool, man, you know, and just, you know, whatever, you know, I just, I'm a real cool laid back person anyway. So, you know, they probably, you know, even if they was on some rah-rah shit, I'll probably diffuse the whole situation because they probably hey, get out the car get out the car and i'm just like all right bro <laughs> and they get out and they all with all this stuff and i'm just like yeah man so i'm just talking just like this you know so it's just a lot of it is how you handle it um and there are some asshole cops out there that really need to be gone you know what i'm saying so um what's going on was necessary though I, I can't say that much because the situation with George Floyd was totally uncalled for. Like to put your neck on somebody, your knees on somebody's neck for eight minutes, eight seconds is a long time to do that. Yeah. So damn near 10 minutes. And then the, the smirky head on his face. So what I'm telling everybody, where y'all at? Where y'all, where y'all located? Oh yeah. We in Cali. Okay, let me explain something to you, which you already know. That what they really need to be worried about is this verdict, okay? Because, um, you know, we're a little bit, you know, we're a little bit more grown and, you know, mature or whatnot. But those youngins, they ain't, they ain't trying to march. They ain't trying to talk to nobody. They ain't trying to do nothing. If it don't come back right, I I don't know. I think they'll literally go burn down the whole country in one night. I believe it, bro. Them, bro, them youngsters is powerful. Like from technology to to the power of the mind, what they've been able to do, you can't fuck with them. I mean, they changed the way we listen to music. Like, yeah, and they're they're the ones responsible for these challenges going viral, for the millions of views, for all this stuff. So I had to explain to somebody else who was a little bit older than me. He's like, they ain't got no organization. I said, they got organization. You just don't know about it. How in the world can you describe how they've been moving, all this stuff been going on in a matter of two, three days in the same, in different cities all over the world? So at the end of the day, um, 
I think it was necessary. As long as people were still, you know, saying we shall overcome and non-violence and stuff, the same shit was going to keep going on. It's been going on for 400 years. So it's like, damn, like how many, how many times you want people to turn the other cheek? You feel me? So that's just, that's, it, it gets no simpler than that. You know, enough is enough and reaction definitely needs to happen. It's sad that we had to get on the defense over and over again before there was a reaction. And, you know, honestly, we're in a moment where we're at a starting point of a revolution because essentially you know, it all starts in the stomach. Everybody that gets hungry gets agitated, gets crazy. And, you know, we all been trapped in the doors for two and a half months, no jobs, no nothing. And then, you know, you do some extra shit, not once, but twice within a period of time of this quarantine, it set everything off to everything into emergence and, and memorance and, you know, a purpose. And that's, right. you know, really set off the looters and, you know, set off the activity. And I respect it. Like, you know, I am, exactly. out there, I am out the way of them. But at the same time, I still, you know, take my hat off to them because they are pushing the line. They're making a difference. Like money counts. X amount right. of dollars from insurance, that counts. That's going to keep on hitting and hitting. You said you said it right there. They, these people, their insurance literally jumped for whatever they was paying. If they was paying $5,000 a month whatever for insurance it or 15 say they're paying 15,000 a month in insurance their insurance already done jumped to 40 45,000 just that quick so that's already making an economic impact to where they're saying you know what look let's really get this under control because we can't afford another one of these so you know, the statistics came out today that, well, you know, we've been in a recession since February. You don't think with all this other power move shit that it's not going to put us into a depression? And, you know, what's going to be the move out of that? Because right now, honestly, we're getting the power by numbers. Right. Um, I think, I think honestly, man, just to be honest, um, I think it's going to, you know, I think we like at the halfway point for a lot of stuff, but because of the protests, I do think the numbers for the virus go go back up, um, and it's it's, it's we got to go back through it till they get that vaccine or cure whatever they get. But see, you in Georgia, they already opened up for everything out there. Like in Cali, we just hit stage three. Like we just started where you know gyms are starting to open up, restaurants start allowing us to come in, and shit, uh, sports is finna start happening with no audience. Still no concerts. Right. I mean, things are opening up here for business, but it ain't nowhere near like it used to be. Nowhere near. Shit closing at 6, 7 o'clock at night. 25% uh, capacity. So you take a club that, you know, usually wall to wall and you do 25% capacity, it don't, it don't have the same feel. You feel me? Come on. You know what I'm saying? And, and opportunity. <laughs> exactly. So keep it funky. Like, honestly, we were one of the last states to go in the quarantine and the first to come out. Mm. We literally was on the quarantine for three and a half weeks. That's it. Damn. <laughs> we did two and a half months in this motherfucker. <laughs> no, sir. I mean, we was we was in, but mandatory. Um State lockdown, three and a half weeks. Damn. It must so, be nice in the South. And then this shit is I'm still I'm still in like uh we on a quarantine. I ain't playing with them. Oh yeah, no, you gotta be wise about everything. Yes, sir. Yes, That's sir. It. That's it. Shit. We make it through the hood, we make it through motherfuckers shooting people, getting passes and everything else. This motherfucking virus ain't gonna take us down. You gotta be fucked up. Not for real, bro. So, yeah, that's where we at with it. So, bro, I'm going to take our mind off the seriousness, and, you know, I might fuck your head up because it's a little fun teaser. I got it to uh, my next segment. It's called Trading Places. And it's just like the Dan Aykroyd, Eddie Murphy movie. You know, we take two people's lives, and we swap them, and we talk about it. And for you, I got Tom Cruise, Trading Places with Tory Lanez. Question number one. Can you see that working? Can you see Tom Cruise as Tory Lanez and Tory Lanez as Tom Cruise? Definitely. Yeah, that definitely can work. They, they, Tom Cruise is a wild boy. Don't let it fool you. You know, he, he played these roles and stuff. But, you know, once you reach a certain level of money, you 
you pretty much, you know, you with the shits. You know, you've been around these kind of people, man. They is, you'd be shocked. You'd be like, whoa. <laughs> so, I, the the question is, can Tory Lanez keep up with what Tom Cruise going on? That's the question. Shit, you know, cocaine a hell of a drug. Cocaine, uh, hell of a drug. You know what I'm saying? So you like, know, Tory are, might be able to keep up with Tom Cruise. <laughs> I don't know somebody else, but I don't. Yeah, yeah, definitely that. I can see that happening. What's one thing that'd be different? Do you think Mission Impossible would be different, or do you think like you know some of these Tory Lanes, like his quarantine show you've been doing? You think that'd be different if Tom Cruise ran it? Like you know what? What's your oh name? yeah, yeah. Tom Cruise ran the quarantine show. Man, it'd be Girls Gone Wild, uh, <laughs> two thousand twenty. It'd be like Baywatch. And stuff. It, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be the the same kind of flavor. But it'd be way wilder, cause they'd be cocaine cowboying, uh, partying all night. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Mission Impossible with Tory Lanez definitely would be. It, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. <laughs> he said it wouldn't have got to six. Yeah, it would have been. It would have been different, man. It would have been different. I'm not saying. I'm. I'm pretty sure Tory is an amazing actor. And all that stuff, it just it's just one of those things I would have to see. I would definitely have to see that. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, so I got one more segment, and uh, it's called my Impulse Q&A segment. You got to answer three questions. If you don't like the question, it's all good. Just say pass. And they're questions okay. are cards. And you know it's like from a fan perspective. Okay. All right, question number one. What is something that people are obsessed with, but you just don't get the point of? People are obsessed with attention, okay? I don't understand it. We rather look successful than actually really be successful. Ooh, speak on it. You know what I'm saying? So I've seen artists or athletes or whatever, as long as they Instagram popping, they could have $10 in their pocket. They think it. They thinking it means something. I try to tell people all the time, followers do not equal dollars. Woo. You know what I'm saying? There's plenty of people with millions of followers that can't sell 10,000 albums. They can't sell 10,000 T-shirts. Come on, man. If Truth be lying. told. You ain't lying. Truth be, truth be told, man. And this is why it pisses a lot of artists off of a lot of people or current, you know, quote-unquote influencers. If it wasn't if they didn't start counting the streams towards album sales, they probably would not be, they may be, only people that would be doing numbers for real would be like the Jay-Z's, the already established people. Because we've created this culture of, okay, I'm going to give everything away, get the buzz, get the buzz, give, I'm going to give it away, give it away, give it away. But it's just like a woman. If she just give her pussy away, it holds no value. You see what I'm saying? So she just constantly giving away, giving away. Nobody's chasing the, the one who's giving it away. That's easy. You can hit that anytime. You know but, you're attracting the wealth. There you go. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, um, these artists, instead of standing strong and saying, hey, man, you got to pay $1.29 for mine. I get it. You know, the, the, the powers that be changed the way music was consumed. So they could be back in control. I get that part. But at the end of the day, we still got to focus on making money, being truly successful. You know, one of the things that burns me up right now is I, I look back and you see people just use this term so loosely, boss, CEO, influencers. Uh, um, the other one, the biggest one of all, branding, uh, everybody's got a branding business or whatever, and it's the craziest shit ever. You be like, you got a branding business, but you ain't got no following. Hey, how how do you have a how are you a brand strategist uh, whatever you know? And they be dead serious. They just you know they they so ex everybody is so everybody's experts except everything but itself actually being an expert 
You know what? It's they're crazy. the expert at talking, but numbers don't lie. So, you know, bullshit walks. And I, and I think that's why I've been cool. Like, you know, um, you know, it's cool. Like, you know, uh, it might not be a household name, but my record's selling. You feel me? They doing numbers. They doing crazy numbers. So, would you rather have the fame or you rather have the check? Come on, the check. Come on, man. And I ain't talking about the Instagram blue check. I'm talking about that in the mail. I pick up, I go sign and deposit, and then I'm delivered from all my financial worries. Hey, bro, I got my shit direct deposit. You understand me? We got another one coming in on June 13th. All I do is wake up, look at my phone, hit a little thing, and go back to sleep. Life is good. He said, I'm living my best life. I ain't going back and forth with none of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> come on. Come on. Question number two. What's the dumbest way you've been injured? Um, playing uh, basketball in the studio. Hold on. You know the look. You know the look. In the you studio. Know the nerf, you know the little nerf joints we used to have back in the day that you put on the top of the door? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I broke a door like that. Right. So we broke a door. Uh, I ducked on somebody. Who you dunk on? Man, my homeboy. Okay. I ain't, ain't going to tell you name because you'll be mad. And me told everybody, I thought you were going to tell everybody. But anyway, I dunked <laughs> on him. And he's a lot larger than me. He's about a good – if I weigh right at 200, he definitely weighs about 315. He's a whole nother two people bigger than me, okay? And so <laughs> I ducked on him. We both fell, but he fell on my ankle. Ooh. So I'm getting up thinking everything cool, man. And I'm, I'm noticing I'm lifting. I look down, man, my ankle is swollen and swollen. Ooh. I was like, this big dude uh, sprained my ankle. <laughs> so keep in mind, we still I still got a whole nother session with an A-list artist. So I'm just like... All right, as long as it don't start hurting too bad, I'm cool. So I go elevate my ankle till they come in. The minute they walk in, I put my foot down. And a pain shot from my ankle all the way up, all up my back, all down. But, man, and I just had to put my shades on, bro. And just, they thought I was feeling the song, bro. I was holding it in, but I wanted to scream. Hey, I feel you. Yes, sir. No, nah, I've done that before. I've tried to, you know, dunk and, and, you know, white man can't jump and I got hung. And so, you know, I ended up breaking my damn foot, the metatarsal fracture coming down. Oh. Like, bro, I was touching the rim, touching the rim. And then when I got a fast break and thought I could do it. Uh-uh. I understand. That I believe I could fly moment. Yeah, and shit, I, I let myself down, let the ball down, and, you know, shields during football season. Oh, I was hella mad. Question number three. <laughs> if you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Chicken wings. Buffalo wings. Easy. Wings. Uh, That's it. I'm batter, from Atlanta. Battered huh? and dipped. And, and nah, so, we, don't, we don't do all the batter here. We do just regular fried heart with the sauce and the lemon pepper sprinkled on top of it with the fries and the peach and lemonade drink mix. You know what I mean? Real ghetto shit. That shit ghetto, but it's, it's good. Hey, are the wings really better in the strip clubs than Wingstop? All the food is better in the strip club. <laughs> all the food. All the food. Magic City food is amazing. Cheetah's food. Cheetah has a five-star restaurant inside of that club. They got, steaks in, they got steaks in the bigger than your wall, the wall behind you. Amazing. Yes. Damn. Yes. Yeah, I need to open up my eyes sometime. Yeah, man. Next time you come here, let me know. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Shit. <laughs> Bruh, uh, I'm going to ask you a bonus question just because you ain't pass on none. If you were reincarnated as a famous landmark, which would it be? A famous landmark? I would probably be 
Mm. Man, I don't shit. Probably like the Hollywood sign because it doesn't seem so much shit. Uh, the Hollywood signing in Hollywood. That that whatever that is, that has seen they has seen everybody, whoever became anything, has gone to see that sign. Everybody. Facts. Now, did you know there's a Hollywood Lake? I did not know. So when you go to the Hollywood sign, there's a little park right there, and then there's a little community, and then that community's connected to a lake. Now, that's a fun fact for today. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. No, nah, I want to create a picture lives over there. I, you know, I ain't trying to give out fitness like that, but, yeah. You know, you watch the oh, star uh, booklets, you see. <laughs> okay. I'll check that out next time I'm out there then. Oh, yeah, bro. I'm from L.A. When you come out here, tap in, bro. It's, I'll show come you. Come on, man. It's all love. Come on, man. You know what? You know how we going to do it. Come on. Come on. Now, my brother, you you survived my uh, my awareness segment. You survived my trading places segment. And, man, you knocked out my impulse Q&A. And so, you know, as a reward, man, let's talk about what, you know, what's, what's ex exciting for you, what you want to promote, what you want to speak on. You know, this is your moment to shine. Oh, it's easy, man. So, look, everybody need to follow me on whatever. Y'all, all platforms, A Mr. Hanky B, A-M-R-H-A-N-K-Y-B-E-A-T. I got new records coming out with the City Girl, City Girls. Shout out to QC, Coach P, all them. Um, I got records with Tory Lanez, Jacquees, Ludacris, uh, T.I., Chris Brown, two records with Chris Brown. Um, I got a new artist by the name of Kissy Lee. She's an amazing singer. Um, y'all go follow her too. I am Kissy Lee. Um, okay. And I'm dropping my album soon. So that's going to go crazy. You know, I'm going to be on my Kanye shit, talking shit and uh, pissing people off. But yeah, definitely. Uh -huh. I see. Yeah. Yes, sir. We're about to go crazy. 2020. Come on. It's crazy. Everything shake up. And then you go ahead. Yeah, man. Later. Yes, sir. Let's do it. Come on. Now, Mr. Hanky, brother, you notice my show, you know, it's different. It's unique, you know, because other shows created, like, guidelines and, and ways to do things. I sort of got to go by guidelines, but I don't be doing shit like them. And I'm like, how do I keep that same energy and close out? My viewers knows it's coming. I'm about to hit you with it. You got any questions for me? Um, ain't nobody ever asking me that. That's weird. Um, Hey. Uh, I'm gonna let me let me think about that. Right, I don't have none right now, but let me. That that caught me off guard. Hey, that's that's the whole point, bro. That's the whole point. Catch a motherfucker off guard. But bro, you know, so you know the reason why I do this show is because pretty much there's a lot of people in this world, including myself, that come out the hood with a whole bunch of ideas and ability, but we get to that point of getting out the cul-de-sac and climbing the bridge to success. And, you know, other stuff weighs us down and some of us get afraid of success. And, you know, you I created this show because everyone on here, the common denominator is success. Whether you're an athlete, a uh, actor, producer, rapper, singer, what have you, you took the moment to walk by faith, not by sight, and do some things that are outside your comfort zone to make it a big, big comfort part of your life. And so, you know, you take that and, you know, that's why we got what we got. That's why we got contrast uncut. And if you notice, I'm the contrast, and, you know, I come from a background, and my family's black, and, you know, it's mixed in me, and my skin color white, and so, you know, I'm the contrast, and the show is hella uncut. There you go. I rock with it. Hey. I rock with it. So, shit, still nothing? <laughs> nah, I, yeah, you you totally caught me off, totally caught me off guard. I'm going to have something next time, though. I'm going to have a whole shit of shit. I'm gonna I'm gonna switch it on you from the first question. Hey, I interviewed Ryan Fest and Ryan Fest did me like that. Like as soon as I started off with it, like he flipped it back on me and was like hitting me with shit. And then I was like, I had to tell him you interviewing me on my own show. He was like, brother, you know, sometimes it'd be like that. It'd be like that, exactly. So I'm gonna make sure I do it right though. I'm gonna make sure I gotta I gotta think of some amazing questions to yeah. ask someone of your caliber. Come on, come on. 
I'll be on high frequencies. It just don't be the There you week. go. There you go. Man, brother, I'm going to close out on that note. Uh, it's Contrast Uncut. It's season three, episode 33. Man, big shout-outs to Uncle Snoop's Army and Bobby D Presents. I appreciate you, brothers. I wouldn't be able to do incredibly dope shit like interviewing this brother on the side of me and talking about history. I mean, on the way, Luke Nasty. I'm talking about uh, little Duvall Smile. Hearing about him saying smile, bitches, for five minutes and, you know, thinking it was serious. <laughs> I'm talking hey, about- man, it was what it was. <laughs> just, uh, thank you, brother. I appreciate you coming on here, man, and, and just lacing us and giving the knowledge, giving the stories, and letting them gems speak, you know, like a diamond's in your mouth, just dancing. Let's do it, man. And I'll be back, man, once this new stuff come out, because there's going to be more stories and more stories and more stories. It's good for people to hear, man. Yeah. It's good. Hell yeah, bro. I appreciate you. Come back. Come back. It's all love. I always got some time for you, brother. Shit. Kidding Let's me? do it. It's a hit maker. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, yeah, it's your boy, Mr. Hanky, checking in on Contrast Uncut. Hey. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Uncle Snoop's Army. Bobby V presents. Man, we up through the gone. Right there, there you go. Another episode of Contrast Uncut. Make sure if you enjoyed it, you leave a comment below. You hit some like buttons. You hit some uh, subscribe. You go ahead and hit share if you want to. Say something nice or say something you don't want to say at all. You're not going to hurt my feelings. Comment below. Deep.